Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hey everybody, I trust you're all making it through at this uh, strange time that we're in and um, isolations and shutdowns and all that stuff. Uh, we're thinking of you and uh, please, as we've already stated, um, whether it's by text or whatever, if we can help you in any way, get you anything, transport, whatever. Um, or if you'd just like a chat, just... Um, Get in touch with us and we'll do our very best to serve you in, in the best way possible in any way that we can. Uh, a big welcome to Alison and um, and Betty uh, having come back from New Zealand. We're glad you got back. We love you and trust you're in good health. Uh, also send our prayers out to Dave and Maggie Farrimond who uh, went on a cruise uh, and are still on a cruise. And we've no idea when they'll get back from the cruise. Apparently somebody on the cruise has been diagnosed with coronavirus and they are now confined to their cabin. So, uh, you know, I don't know if there's a death in the family. It may not be coronavirus that caused it. Uh, it might be cabin fever, but there you go. We uh, Our blessings to Maggie and Dave and uh, trust that they will uh, find a way to get home uh, and uh, stay in good health. Um, I just wanted to share a few thoughts with you this morning about... Uh, Thinking like a seed. I want you to think like a seed. I um, I read something some time ago by uh, a poet called W. H. Auden, and um, actually he was he was born in York in 1907, and uh, he wrote a long poem called "For the Time Being," and uh, I suppose it's very applicable for the moment because um, uh, he wrote this that the time being is, in a sense, the most trying time of all. Um, you know, so for the time being, we are in shutdown. For the time being, there's a lack of stuff on the supermarket shelves. For the time being, some of you uh, can't go to work and uh, earn your living. You know, so the time being uh, is the most trying time of all. So what we are dealing with is is our ability to deal with the time being at the moment. But uh, Horden offers offers this um, very interesting thought that I want you just to, just to think about for a minute. Um, life is the destiny you are bound to refuse until you have consented to die. Sounds a strange statement, but actually there's a lot of deep wisdom in that statement. Life is the destiny. It's the destiny we're all wanting. We're wanting life to the full, abundance of life, life that is full of joy and peace and love and contentment and, and all that stuff, that, that um, provision that we have with it. But, but he says life is the destiny that life we're looking for is the destiny that you're bound to refuse 
until you've consented to die. Now, I, I want to deal with that thought a little bit as I encourage you to think like a seed. Um, what triggered this in me was um, hearing a statement that I knew was from Scripture and it just it kind of sat in me and it's been it's been ruminating in my juices and uh, made me want to say a few words about it. That and this was the phrase. It's from it's from the book of Colossians, chapter three and verse three. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Um, when I latched onto that, I also remembered reading this verse in the Message version of the Bible, where he uses the phrase, "Your real life is with Christ in God." Your real life. Now, I like that distinction because um, the life that we're living is not always our real life. The life that we're living is the life that is more shaped by the pressure of circumstance and uh, the distortions within our own thinking and expectations about what life is and what life should be, the, the, the personal wounds and uh, damage that have been done to us that shape our thinking to to give us a self-image that is is most often unhealthy and that self-image can go either way the the one extreme the self-image that could make you an extreme narcissist just totally self-absolved so self-loving to the expense of anything and everything that like you're the only one that exists the world revolves around you or it goes to the other extreme of the self-loathing, the self-hatred, the self-condemnation um, that, that is so destructive then to our ability to rise up and be anything and become anything. So, so most of us, well, let me say all of us, to some degree, live a life that is not our real life. And that actually the, the great challenge of life is to find and live in that real life. But W.H. Horden says that, that, that that is a destiny you're bound to refuse until you've consented to die, which is why I'm going to talk in a little bit about the whole seed thing. Because what Paul precludes his statement with is this, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So Paul's latched onto this, that... That for that essence of this real life to be released, there has to be somewhere and somehow within us a dying. Now, um, uh, Eckhart Tolle, um, who is a bit of a philosopher, a, a, a psychologist, a spiritual commentator, he calls that thing the ego but what he means by the ego is it, it's that that others would call the false self as opposed to the real self the self that has now become designed and defined as the ultimate product of the of the experiences and events of our life as opposed to that real life which is which is a potential a possibility uh, an experience to be had and maybe that's what Jesus meant when he, he talked about the kingdom coming the real life as opposed to the false life so some people call it the false self and the real self and of course a lot of our direction in recent years has been to try and connect you with 
with the real self and not the false self. And even religion can give you a false self. Religion, uh, in its wrong interpretation, even of what should be the good news, can leave you with such an idea of, of separation from God and the divine that you're not one with, that that whole thing can leave you under a massive cloud of guilt and condemnation that you're never able to get free from because you're feeling you're never good enough, you've never done enough, um, you can't contribute enough. And of course, that all comes as well from this distorted understanding that the objective is perfection, whatever perfection means. I, I would say, I, again, my renewed love of, of scripture is when when the Bible records the narrative of creation, it says and it was good and it was very good. Um, you know, that leaves room for growth and development and also takes away the the guilt and condemnation that somehow there's this perceived thing called per perfection that we have to attain and achieve rather than living in a goodness that will always flow and reproduce itself if we will allow it to come. So, so, so your real life is in with Christ in God. Now, here's a little illustration. So your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, let me say two things about that. First of all, very briefly, what do I mean by hidden with Christ? I believe Christ is the universally transcendent part of the divine where matter and spirit meet. So the matter of me touches the Christ, which is the divine interface, the part of the divine where matter and spirit meet. So, so, so the seen, the unseen, um, the visible world, the invisible world. I am with Christ. My real life is with Christ in God. Uh, the other thing I, I wanted to say about that is that if my real life is hidden with Christ in God, then this is how I wrote it, that the essence of what composes your real life has been taken into protective custody and it can never be destroyed. So for those of you who think I've messed up my life, I'm always messing up my life, my life will never work, never going to be blessing, success, um, never going to prosper, um, never going to be joyful, uh, never going to be able to accept myself. Listen, that's a lie. What you need to understand today is that your real life is, is, is with Christ in God. Therefore, the essence of what composes your real life has been taken into protective custody and it can never be destroyed. Your real life is in protective custody. It can't be destroyed. Just like the life within the seed is not destroyed because it's with Christ in God, the life within the seed is not destroyed. Now, so the issue is not whether your real life, whether whether that essence of of the divine reality of, of who you really are and your interaction with all that God is and all that God wants you to be, whether that is destroyed, broken, compromised, whatever, uh, is just not true. But what is true is it, it it's 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 in seed form, so you have to think like a seed. Okay. So my call to you today is to think the thoughts a seed would think if a seed could think in thoughts. Which sounds like one of those things, doesn't it? That you know, 
think the thoughts that a seed would think if a seed could think in in thoughts. What, what I mean by that is is that um, is that we have to think how how you would think with a seed. Now, now um, the Apostle Paul in his writings is frequently telling us that there is a way to die and a way to live without ever dying as defined by our narrow parameters of what we would presume death to be. When I mentioned Eckhart Tolle and the ego and those those kind of things, all the real self and the false self, that's what Paul is, is talking about, that there is a way to die to these things that are the nonsensical things that so define who we think we are and who we believe we can be we have to die to those things so that it is in accepting that death, as we said at the beginning about, about uh, W.H. Horton. When we consent to die to those things, a willingness to say, okay, that's not the real truth, that's not the real me, that's not the real destiny, that's when we can begin to release what what is, okay, that little illustration that we, uh, that we gave. So, so, we should think of it like the seed, okay? My life with Christ in God, we should think of it like the seed. Now, now the seed is not in control of its own environment. This is very important and important for a time like this. We are not in control of our own environment. And uh, that's what makes us very often, and some more than others, extremely insecure. And then we're going to control mode because we somehow want to take over what's happening in our own environment but but there is much about our environment and what happens in life and to us and by us and around us that we cannot control and the seed is not in control of its own environment just because the seed is not in control of its own environment it does not diminish one iota the potential of the seed but if the seed is trying to change its environment, it will never do what the seed has the potential to do. It will waste its potential. So here's my point. The power is not in the seed being able to change its, its environment. The power is in what lies within the seed, the real life within the seed, the real life. That's where the power is. So if I can do, if, if the seed can be a seed, then the power that lies within it has the potential and the possibility to become what it was always supposed to be, i.e. to come out of the, with Christ, in God, real life actually emerging as, as the fruit of your existence, real life being who you become and what you are and the fulfillment that goes along with that so so the seed's not in control its own environment the power's what lies within so again in the wisdom of scripture um in the book of john in in the gospels it says this most assuredly i say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies it remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. Here's how the message puts it. Listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it's buried, it sprouts and produces itself many times over. Here's where I was wanting to bring you with all of that just brief 
um, illustration of the point. And if you're thinking, my real life with Christ in God, it's a seed that can produce. My real life is a seed within the kernel to produce. Okay, but what must I do? I must consent to die to all the nonsense that is my false self, that is my ego, that I have the misplaced belief that if I keep all that alive, it will change everything when actually it changes nothing and compounds everything. So a lack of self-worth, if you retain that, will only ever produce a worse lack of self-worth. You know, and arrogance will only ever produce greater arrogance. We have to be willing to let that die. Okay, that's the false self. Why are we wanting to let it die? It's a vulnerable place. It's a risky place, but it's the place of the seed in the ground where in that vulnerability, in that death, in that burial, the seed can do what the seed can do. The real life, which is in Christ, in God, can show up. So, so... Here's the deal. So the seed's best strategy is not in fighting, but in resting. Okay. I said all of that stuff to give you this pearl of wisdom. That the real life is the seed within. The seed's best strategy is not in fighting, but in resting. It's not even that the seed strategy is in resisting. And so much of what we want to do, we want to resist the process that is the very process that will allow the life that exists within to come forth. The seed does not resist. The seed rests. The seed doesn't fight. The seed rests. And then pressing upward and through from that state of rest, because something starts to emerge out of that place of rest. And the confidence that lies within because you can't rest unless there is a a confidence that you've allowed to come that all will be well. But from that state is where it begins to burst forth and life can come out. So here's my little piece of wisdom for you today. Your best strategy is resting, not fighting. I preached a message a couple of decades ago. And the title of it was Come to Peace or Go to Pieces. That's that's our choice today. Come to peace or go to pieces. Come to peace is when the strategy of the seed is engaged, which is resting and not fighting. If you will do that, you will find that out of the darkness of the death that that seems to produce, because you're no longer fussing and fighting and reacting and resisting, But out of that death, you'll find you start to push up out of the darkness of the soil, what seems to be chaos, and you'll spring into the light. And the life that comes from the light in you is what will produce fruitfulness and harvest. So you will come out of this not diminished, but you'll come out of this increased. You'll not come out of this in lack, but you'll come out of it in abundance. You'll not come out of it in death, but you'll come out of it in life so come to peace or go to pieces adopt the strategy of the seed don't fight but rest and just watch what happens because your real life all that it is your real life which is secure is within christ it's in god and that can burst out and that's what i want to burst out 
so that where matter and spirit meet to create real life and real experiences, that is what will be the conclusion and the outcome of all this. So I bless you. I hope that makes sense. I will pick up on Sunday on uh, where we started last Sunday with some of these thoughts about um, Elijah. And I want to talk to you about how the problems that showboating can cause and uh, how that then sometimes our bravado actually melts into nothing and shows what weak and pathetic people we truly are at times until we find the real place of faith, the real place of life. And uh, I want you to find that real place. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash Q Church York. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.